This is a podcast episode brought to you by Cafe Native. This isn't your average cafe. Okay. So that way we know it doesn't sound like <laughs> Quit slithering at me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's been all over me. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cafe Native with Deshaun and Alex, your two ho-roasted natives. And today we have a very, very, very special guest with us today. And I'm super excited. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell everyone your tribes. And let's get started. Hello, everybody. Dance. My name is Fawn Wood. I am Plains Cree and Salish, um, residing in uh, Treaty Six territory of Alberta, Canada. It's an honor to join you guys today, um, and I'm excited for today. Oh, me too. We've been like super excited ever since. Ever since. Ever since we texted you, we were like, "Oh my God, Reverend Vaughn on the show." <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to join you guys. (laughs) All right. So Alex is going to ask you the first couple questions, and we're just going to get started with her, and then we're going to move on to my questions. Awesome. So based off of, like, music-wise, what changes do you hope to see in the Indigenous community with all these new upcoming Indigenous artists? You know what, I think um, when I first started, um, I I think encouragement goes a long way, you know, uh, especially through traditional music that is, it's played a really vital part in connecting our youth and and all these upcoming singers to culture, people, you know, and the thing about music is that, uh, you know, it's it's a language that, that is understood all over the world, and I think it's a beautiful thing to see upcoming uh, traditional and, and, and indigenous artists, especially our youth, wanting to express themselves through this way. And I think one thing that I'd like to, to see for them is, is to have more have more encouragement for them. You know, a lot of them, um, a lot of them, uh, this is the, the maybe one of the only ways that they connect with their with their identity and their culture. And I think encouragement goes a long way. It sure does. And so, I, I mean, I love that. I love it. God, we're already starting off great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fawn, we always like to start off the show with a drink of the day, which is whatever drink you brought to our show. So what drink did you bring with you today? You know what? I, I'm a mom of three, and I have so much going on, like, in my daily routine. Me, it's coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now. Ooh. I have some good fortunes with me and um this is like i don't know maybe my fourth or fifth cup of the day oh i feel that (laughs) we have coffee (laughs) is any specific brands you like of coffee or do you just you You know know i um i really really like um well being canadian you know tim hortons is a must but i love trying all different kinds of coffee just uh more recently um there's an indigenous um brand up here in my territory called Cree Coffee and he makes like mm-hmm. awesome awesome tasting coffee it's all organic and all that too so when I mix it up I mix it up with some Cree coffee oh we're gonna defs hit him up to be on the show because this is a cafe and we need some indigenous coffee roasters 
do this. Yeah, he's a, it's awesome. And he's based out of Edmonton too. I believe he has an Instagram and you could find him like on Facebook and all that. So yeah, really, really awesome coffee. Oh, we definitely got to hit him up. Alex, get that. Did you get that, Sosh? <laughs> Just kidding. Cree coffee, <laughs> right? Yeah, Cree Ooh. coffee. Code. Okay. Well done. Oh, yes. Give that a follow. Oh, I found it. Oh, yes. Oh, we got him. Okay, cool. Okay. Second question. So, <clears throat> who inspired you to make your recent album or who helped influence your decision to make it? You know what? I think um, as artists, you know, I, this is my third solo album that I just released this past spring. And um, one thing that I've noticed with creating music is that it's ever evolving. It's always evolving. And uh, this one was really, really inspired by my family. I, I really reflected on on how I grew up and, and a big inspiration was for that was uh, was goes back to, to my home fire and my family. Um, why I named it, I named it Gagige, which means forever and always. And I thought that represented like all those teachings and everything I was brought up with. But um, um, the title track on there, Gagige, um, there was a saying that my parents used to say to each other and it talks about, you know, having that that love for for one another and, and, you know, that love is only for you. And uh, it was really inspired, really goes back to everybody in my family, my children, my partner, my my um, my mom, my dad, my siblings, and just my you know my relatives, and even like a, you know us being Indigenous people, even like adoptive family is a big thing for us. So I think um, it was it was really my family that inspired that and really pushed me, and, and all of the create creativeness and everything that drove me to create this last album, it all stems back to them. So, Fawn, I have a question because I've always wanted to ask an artist this. Do you have a specific process of how you, like, how you list your tracks on your album? Like, are you, like, like, is it go, like, do you make it, like, a vibe to every song just accentuates the other right after it? Or is it just, like, all right, just put them in, ramble them? Definitely. You know what? Um, this, this last album I made, it was like two years in the making. So I, I recorded some tracks ahead of time and then I went and finished it. And then after everything was mixed and done, I heard everything. And it, yeah, it is. It is kind of a vibe because, you know, when, when you put out like an album, it, it's, it's almost like a story you want to tell. For me, I want to make sure that, that, you know, I start off with something that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the album. And then we play songs as, as so like that. And uh, I think that that's a lot. That's that's even a part of the creative process too, knowing how you want people and how you want to present that album and the tracks to people. So definitely, it's definitely a certain vibe that you want to pitch to people when when you when I put out an album, anyways. Oh, I love that. That's, that's giving me that's feeling my juices right now. <laughs> Just and it's just you know it's 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 definitely because you want to you want to give your best. I might as an artist, I, I really want to present what I what I what I really want to like my intention in music. So everything goes into that track placement, and um, you know even the it, when you buy an actual album like an actual CD and the insert and you know things like that. It's it's really meaningful, and I think every artist can 
can agree to that. Right. Do you think people, like, CDs are dying, you know? They're, like, not as popular, which sucks. Do do you collect CDs? Because I do. Yes, I do, actually. And, you know, because um, um, a lot of when I get to, when I I actually do still carry CDs when I I go uh, performance or, you know, like, I'm I'm a powwow person. So CDs are are still very much, like, pretty relevant in in that kind of circle and that kind of gathering. Right. And um, I... I really think um, uh, it's really cool to actually own a hard copy of of an album like that to, to look at it and to you know uh, appreciate even like the visuals of it and all that. But yeah, I do collect CDs. Oh yes. So, what's been your favorite part about recording your albums? Was it the process of writing the songs, or was it actually like recording and producing them? You know what? I really enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy creating the music, but there's there's something else when you get in the studio and uh, you lay those tracks down, and then the editing when we make decisions like, okay, we want to add this, and with just hearing the track come to life in the way that you envision it and hear it, that that's the best for me. I think being able to hear the playback of uh, something that started off just as a thought in my head or a little melody, and then to hear it full blown on a track and and hear everything come together and all the different elements, that's my favorite part of it. Being able to to uh, to hear all that work that goes into it, that, that's, that's the best, I think. So who or what inspired you to go to school and pursue what you're pursuing now? Oh, you know, I, I love this question. Um, I actually, I have a Bachelor of Arts degree in uh, in Cree language and indigenous linguistics and um, currently I'm working on my master's I'm actually have one one more year to go damn so master's degree in indigenous linguistics and you know what what inspired that. me I, I when I first started going to college I, I was going for fine arts and I didn't really know what I wanted and I ended up, ended up taking like a few years off and I started a family you know met my mister and all that but mm-hmm. it was music it, it, it was music that led me to want to to, to learn my language Cause, you know my, actually a phrase that my dad said to me before he told me he said he, his nickname for me is Fonzie he's like you know what Fonzie he's like um, you know you should really you should really try uh, try learn our language a little bit he's like it, when you understand what you're singing it brings a whole new beauty to, to, to this music and, and you hear it and you feel it. And um, that really stuck with me. And for all my life, you know, I, I was singing in our languages and uh, I would always have to go to my dad and say, oh, what does this mean? Or how do you say that? And um, I, I taking taking what I took to study in, in university, it made me realize that, that our indigenous languages aren't just something we speak. It's a mentality. It's a lifestyle. This is like... Mm. The, the root of who we all are as indigenous people there's so much teachings besides just the language that comes with with what we speak you know there's there's history there's protocols there's all kinds of beauty in 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 our identity that roots from our languages and our teachings and that's what inspired me it's so you know I, I I started this journey maybe about six years ago uh, roughly about six a little over six years ago. 
and um, I've learned so much about you know myself, my community, about music, about about all kinds of things, and it's, it's been a really awesome journey so far. And I'm I'm really glad that I ended up studying our language. Fawn, any tips for us upcoming bachelor's degree graduates? Oh man. You know what? I, I know it gets it gets really hard sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. I yes, it does. Like, what am I doing? You know, when you have like papers on papers, and I say stick it out. You know, if you're passionate about it and you're almost there, there is a, a, a beautiful light at the end of the tunnel. And once you're done, there's there's such a an, an amazing sense of accomplishment. And um, you know, all of that is not for nothing. And I hope all of you, all of you scholars out there who may be still on your journey, just stick with it. You know, if, if it's time that you need, take some time, you know, um, reboost, re- refresh and recharge and get back to it. Because, you know, I, I believe that we're all on, on a certain journey for a reason and um, it'll all come together. Yeah, I'm an. I'm deaf's I'm deaf's gonna hold you to that because if it doesn't happen, Fawn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen, trust me. I've had so many moments when I was, you know, when I was doing my Bachelor of Arts there and there were so many moments where I thought, Oh man, you know, maybe I'll just put this away for a while but it definitely pays off. Do you think okay, so obvi obvi getting your masters is not as easy as getting your bachelor's, but do you think you are more I would say organized during your master's or like did getting your bachelor's first definitely help with the master's or was it just an all new territory you know what i i i honestly thought when it comes to like the workload wise and stuff the bachelor's was it it it, it was a lot hey like you you do a lot during that but i think it, it kind of conditioned me and prepared me um to, to move on to that next step, to move on to getting my master's degree. And uh, I, I made sure before I started, like, after I graduated, um, I made sure, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start this. I actually took a year off after I graduated, and I wanted to make sure that that's what I wanted. I, I was prepared to go back to school and do what I needed to for that. And uh, I didn't want to feel like I had to. I, I really had to make sure that, that it was something that I was motivated to do. I didn't want to just do it to do it. But right. I definitely... Those, those those early years with uh, the first degree, um, it helped a lot. You know, it, it really it really sets the tone and prepares you for for. Fawn, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Sorry, it, I think it cut out a little bit at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, but all right, Alex. Next question. So what are some of the biggest projects you've been a part of, whether that's with music or even a beating project? Okay, um, you know what? Some of the bigger things that I've been a part of, uh, one thing I, oh, sorry, you can just hear my daughter. <laughs> some of the bigger projects that. that I've been a part of, I, I never, I never um, envisioned like the music that I recorded being a part of like a, feature films or documentaries or TV series. And I think that's something that, that uh, I didn't foresee, but and it happened. I was really proud of that. I remember, uh, I believe, one of the more recent movies that one of my songs was featured in was in Blood Quantum. And, uh, you know, I remember this was in the middle of the pandemic. Everybody was quarantined at home. And then just, just uh, knowing that people were like, oh, hey, I heard your song, you know at the end of Blood Quantum, I thought that was really cool. 
and um, uh, I do have a couple other things uh, that came up. But I, I think one of the, the cooler things that I've been a part of was being able to, to perform, you know, mm-hmm. um, my, my traditional music on, on, on different stages all throughout, you know, North America and different traditional territories. And that's something I'm really proud of. Fawn, do you give out autographs? You know, when people ask, I, 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 everybody always asks me if, uh, if uh, you know, am I used to stuff like that? And I get people who approach me. And it's still, as long as I've been doing this, I, it's, I, I still, you know, I still have to get used to that idea. Like, I, I, <laughs> I was a really quiet person before I, I started, like, performing and stuff like that. So when people approach me, it is, it's a really humbling feeling. Like, really? You want, you want me to sign this? Or, or you want to take a picture with me? Like, I, I'm still... Believe it or not, that's something I, I'm still getting used to. But I really appreciate, and I think it's really cool when people come up to me and you know ask me for things like that. Because I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be like that person, be like, "Fun, sign my chest." No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had people ask me like, sign their arm or every anything, literally, and I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing lower though. No, just kidding. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Keep your distance. We're still in a pandemic. <laughs> so, who taught you how to bead? How to bead? Yeah. You know what? Um, from a really young age, like my mom, she always made our outfits. She always, uh, she always made our like anything like that. But when I was about eleven or twelve years old. She really made it a point. Her and my dad actually started me with beading. My dad showed me how to bead on a loom, and uh, my mom was showing me how to bead little things like that. And over the years, I've had so many people just show me different things. Like um, I learned how to bead like um, with two needles, like from my auntie. One of my aunties showed me that, and you know, just it's just a different process. And I appreciate that. I'm really lucky to come from you know, a family with so many creative people like that. And over the years, I just learned little bits and little bits. But if it wasn't for my parents kind of telling me when I was like 12 years old, hey, you know, you should start learning how to do this because my mom all of a sudden stopped sewing for me. So I had to learn how to sew it. (laughs) And it just took off next. I'm like the oldest for my my parents. And um, I remember one of the first things that that I I actually worked on was a little outfit for one of my little cousins. And uh, over the years, I've just, you know, things for my siblings and myself. And I, you know, I had my own children. I started making things for them. And, and uh, it's a, it's, you know, I think uh, beading and crafting it is, it's, uh, it's even like a way of meditation, I think, you know, because you, you can relax, you get creative, and you're just focusing on that. And it gives you a lot of time to think and just let the creative juices flow, I guess. Yes. Is it also a bonding experience, do you think? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, um, there's been times like my my younger sister, um, Raven. She actually beats you, and there's been so many times where we just sit there and we would make stuff together. Um, you know, and the, or just other people, just other people, or even like you know, um, there's a there's an old teaching that I was taught, and I, I'm pretty sure we share it all throughout Indian country, all over. Is that you know when you're when you're creating something. If you're a crafter, an artist, they always say you have to, have to keep keep a good mind when you're making it because whoever's going to yes. own that's going to get that intention from there. So I think you you know you make a special bond with your projects too. You always got to make sure you're in a good mood and you know thinking good things. And I truly believe in that. And that's something I really go by when I do get the time to beat. 
That is so true. Because when we make, when we make these podcasts, we're like, get get hyped, get amped up, because we are not doing this with a negative thought set. Cause, yeah. Because <laughs> also people can like get that vibe. Like it's definitely like yeah. I like when you hear an interview like with like on TV or something, and the other person's just not feeling each other. You can definitely sense it. There's always, oh. always. There's an energy and, and I think spirit to everything that we do and and how we express ourselves, you know? Yeah. I, totally, I totally agree with that. And I feel like Indigenous people can feel it more. Don't you think? Oh, that? yeah. We're, we're definitely a very spiritual people. You know, it doesn't really matter what tribe you come from or, or what part of the, the different uh, of the continent you're from. That's one mutual understanding that we have is that we're very in tune with our spirituality and, and all things like that energies and spirits and i think that's a beautiful thing about our indigenous people yes fun say your shit <laughs> fun just to let you know we do allow cursing because we've had a couple guests oh. try to stay professional oh my, this is me all day that's all me all day here like i really have to watch what i say because my four-year-old now he copies Everything I say, like he'll drop the F bomb. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> freaks me out all the time. So I'm like, oh, don't say that. And I know where it's coming from. <laughs> this is the one space where you can curse fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is your safe space. <laughs> we we kind of even like make our guests curse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have to say a curse word right I'll, now. I'll try to sneak one in there sometime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so who are some indigenous beaters that you follow on social media or maybe that you even know that you want to like give a shout out almost like ooh, they're oh good. man there's so much like i admire so many people um you know some of uh, people from even my territory all over like you know we have like joseph roan we have um uh rachel MacArthur. you know elias not afraid uh, one of my oh, favorites yes. who actually actually did my outfit was a uh, artless white man i don't see him posting so much anymore but i i love his work and um you know there's uh lenny bead hands like on on tiktok and there's just so many like our people are so talented literally if i see something on ig and it's a beater or somebody i'm not following i follow them so if you're out there i'm most likely following if you post stuff on ig <laughs> but there's like there's literally so many very talented people and one thing I, I love seeing and, and witnessing with, with people who, uh, all of our crafters out there, everybody has their own unique style and flair. Like, there's, um, we have people who specialize in, like, realistic kind of beading or, or traditional, like, whether it's florals or anything like that. I love seeing the different styles from everybody, some of my favorites. Me too. We had a guest on here. Jordan uh, Ironstar, he is, he has his own beating business and he actually, um, he's still just like an upcoming artist type thing. So if you want to find someone to give a shout or a follow on IG, Fawn, he's it. Okay. Does it, isn't his oh Instagram different? From Sorry, his guys. Name? You're good. It's all right, girl. We get it. Three kids. <laughs> it's not going to be quiet for here, a you know, long time. <laughs> we had to get used to like being in the quarantine stage of this pandemic was we were in our house with our three kids for like those months and months and I was like oh my gosh you know 
It's been really close, intimate bonding time. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we have to take drives down the block. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Emphasis on really but close. Yeah, uh, some of my favorite beers out there are like, um, you know, the, like we have, I can't even, you know, my mind just going through all of them right now, but we have so many beautiful people who make so many beautiful things, whether it's huge projects or you see a lot of jewelry makers. And I just, uh, I'm I, like, to me, um, you know, people say diamonds are a girl's best friend. Beadwork and jewelry is like my best friend. So Ooh, I appreciate yeah. all of you. I love that. I love that. So when you get alone time, if you ever do, <laughs> how do you spend it? Do you relax by yourself? Do you chill out with your husband? Yeah, you know what? I really appreciate, um, I think it's really important when 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 I do have that free time to spend it like with him. Because I know us being parents like that, you know, it's been a crazy two years almost now. So whenever we do, whether I get to spend it with him or if I get like solo alone time, I just like to just just be and and do things that that make me happy. Whether it's beating, like you know, I've been I just started beating again um, throughout this pandemic, and and um, I've been working on a few things, or, or even just being able to sit down and and uh, like read a book or watch TV or anything like that, or I'll go for like, you know, a tea or something, maybe go visit somebody now since they're, you know, being safe and all that. But I think it's really important to, to get, when you, when we do have free time, make sure to do something during that time that you enjoy, something that makes you feel good. Cause you know, especially being a parent of three kids, I don't get a lot of that time, but when I do, I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. We love a productive native. Mm-hmm. Especially a productive native mom. Mm-hmm. All right, Fawn, this is where my questions are coming. Now, if you need a safe word, let me know. We can make one right now. But I feel like they're all... Huh? I'm open to anything. Okay, good. I love that. I love that. So, Fawn... Me and my friend Tierra, we used to drive around and we used to bump to your song, Mr. Wrong. And let me tell you, we know every, every lyric to that song. That's our, that's our like, you know, when we're getting kind of mizzy. And that's our like, that's our song where we do karaoke for our friends and everything. So tell me and her, because I know she's listening. What is the inspiration behind your song, Mr. Wrong? You know, I get asked that all the time about all my songs. (laughs) Like, um, I just, when I I started making music, I I noticed there was a lot, especially round dance music, it all comes from a male perspective. Our, Our love songs or our funny songs, it all came from a male's point of view. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, like, I've had my heart broken a few times here, and I, I just, when it came time to making music, I wanted to make music that, that came from, like, our, our female's perspective, too, or anybody's perspective who who may not have, you know, been able to relate to, to any kind of round dance or traditional music from before, and uh, that, the inspiration from that um, came from those kind of thoughts and experiences you know like Mm -hmm. sometimes we do find the wrong person Uh, mr tells a lie mr five kids on the side (laughs) oh my god yeah i would ask for you to sing it for me but it's over phone call so i know it wouldn't sound good (laughs) (laughs) right i could 
try a little bit if it works out here. I'll just sing the words. <gasps> you guys? Every time I think I found the one. Oh my god. Always is Mr. Wrong. Oh my god. Mr. Tells a lie. Or Mr. Five hits on the side. Oh my god. Our own performance? I know my girl Tiara is going to be so proud of me now. <laughs> Well, Keller, I said, hey, but I, I uh, you know, one of these days, if we can make it happen, we got to jam out that. <gasps> yes, yes. I will, I will drive anywhere with my little Ford Ranger and <laughs> meet you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I think I'm crying a little bit, Alex. <laughs> oh, I'm glad, though. You know, I, 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 I totally love the vibe from your guys' show here. Of course, I'll sing for you. Oh, Scott Goosebumps. <laughs> Oh, I'm shaking. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so Fawn. Oh, God. I, oh, my God. Let me move on here. I was, fa- I was fangirling it. <laughs> Fawn, how do you manage time between motherhood, college life, and being an artist? So how do you pr- properly, like, fit those into your schedule in one day? Like, because that's crazy. I'd go hectic. I know. You know, I, I know. It, it, honestly, it does take getting used to, but I, I came from a household where I, I, I had really strong, um, I had, I was, I was brought up around matriarchs, you know, like my mom, my grandmothers, and, uh, I just, you, when you need to get something done, you get it done, you know, that's, that's the kind of, um, mentality that I was shown growing up, and I think there's balance, like, like we were talking about alone time and downtime, you gotta make sure you keep balance, because if you don't, it, it sure does burn you out trying to juggle everything, so, I make sure to balance everything out really good. Like, you know, of course, I have to make sure. But before everything, my family and my home life always comes first. And then I fit everything else after that, you know, with the music and, and with my, my studies and stuff like that. So I remember actually an old uh, elder woman, uh, when I first started my 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 journey in university there, um, she, we like, I come from a really awesome school. They had some elders come talk and during our orientation and she said, for you mothers out there and all, and all you females, make sure that, uh, that you keep that balance. You know, if you have a household, you, you make sure that, that you take, you do your part in taking care of that. And she spoke that to everybody, not just the females too. And she said, um, you know, in order, because this is, this is where we, we plant our, our stem tears at home and we grow and go out from here. So you always got to make sure that, that everything's taken care of at home and, and with your loved ones. And that's how you build a good foundation to be able to juggle all that, I think. Oh, I love that. So, Fawn, I want to go into the music industry. I'm actually going to have something planned here in about a couple of days. And so what are some tips for us upcoming artists? You know what? I, I really believe um, whatever it is that, that, that you want to express out there, make sure you stick to it. And, and don't be afraid of, of evolving and not really conforming to what other people or other sound that other people want want you to sound like or or, or feel like. Make sure you stay true to to why, what it is that 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 makes you passionate about music. That makes you want to create and, and share with everybody. Always remember that and rem- remember your own intention about that. And I um I'm really lucky to have had some 
some uh, role models who, who, you know, kept me grounded and kept me on the right path like that. And um, that's one thing that I want, I wish for all of, you know, upcoming artists is, is stay true to who you are. Um, remember that it's okay to evolve too and don't be afraid of that. And just stay true to yourself and yourself, what it is that you want to portray. Oh, I needed that. <laughs> uh, so, Fawn, what do you think has been one of the most impactful, or no, sorry, read that, read that question wrong. So, you being one of the most impactful Indigenous artists, like, how do you think you've made that impact? Like, what has, what has given you, like, what makes you separate yourself from all the other artists? At first, you know, I, I didn't think that when I started this journey that uh, I would even have that kind of impression on people. And um, I think that's what really drove me to, to keep wanting to create music and keep wanting to share was when my music started getting out there and I was seeing that it was leaving an impression on people, um, I knew that what I was doing had to have been something good. And as long as I was doing it, you know, from my heart and doing it with, like, I always talk about intention. Intention is such a huge thing for me when it comes to music and, and art and, and stuff like that, Create, creating things was... um. I and I really wanted to uh, also being the oldest like one of the oldest siblings in my family I, I was always really mindful of mm. um, being a role model like for, for others it was just something that I was used to I, I wanted to make sure that I was uh, leaving that good impression on people and uh, when it came to music and once I started seeing how people were connecting with it um, I really wanted to make sure that, that I was I was putting out my best for them. I, I was doing what I could to, to really put my best songs, my best music out there because I, I know how people were connecting with it. And um, maybe I think maybe that's what people people were, were kind of feeling and, and how people, um, I guess, were, were exposed to, to my music. And oh, that's what means a lot to me. Because, you know, once your songs come on, all the daughters, nieces, aunties, fathers, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, cousins, we get on the floor for you. I know that. I know that on my family. Alex, do, do people show out for Fonwood on your family? Because I, I just know my family. We're like, pfft, we got to get out there. I love <laughs> Oh, crap. My phone. Oh, my God. Oh, I still hear you. Okay, okay. So, so I think did you so like who? What artists did you listen to as a child, or like what artists were like playing in your home? Oh, my dad. My dad was a radio DJ. Both my <gasps> both my parents are, are traditional singers, so we listened to all kinds of music all over the place. Like a lot of different traditional music. You know, they were big on, like, classic rock and country and, and literally everything. My mom was a big Whitney Houston fan. Oh, um, my God. Um, uh, people who really left an impression on me. I really loved Patsy Cline, you know? Like, my mom and dad would listen to that real old country, too. And, uh, you know, you listen to Patsy's music and, and the content of her old country songs. You know, that comes from a woman's perspective, too. So I always loved her music. And uh, when it came to, like, a... Like a traditional inspiration um i listened to a lot of you know northern cree um we were listening to primo and mike we had all different kinds of music playing paul ortega 
um, as for female singers, you know, I, I really enjoyed listening to people like Delia Waskowicz and from the Red Bull singers. And I was just a fan of like everybody, Harvey Drever, just all kinds of traditional music. Uh, you know, a lot of people um, listen, to, a lot of traditional music was playing in our house. And my dad being a local radio DJ for our res, you know, he, he played music from all over the place. So I, I'm, I'm a, uh, an avid, huge music lover. And I, I love just music that, that you can connect with, you know, different music um, connects with uh, people in different ways, different emotions, different situations. And I love that. So I live, I literally listen to everything. I keep on walking after midnight. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Exactly. <laughs> uh, so your dad being a DJ, so like, that was something I wanted to do. Like, also, cut, like, I still want to do that. I would love to have my own radio show because I feel music brings, I love the, I love when music brings people together and the love it brings, the memories it brings. Because I know with my friends, my family, we always, whenever we hear a specific song, it just brings a memory, you know? And so, yeah. like, what is, what's one song that really brings back the memories? Oh, there is a few, actually. Um, I would have to say, um, um, because uh, when we would travel a lot, my dad would, and my mom would always play this, this tape, the, the Eagles, um, that, that Eagles. So anything by them, you know, there is a, a song, um, the Try and Love Again, that song brings back a lot of memories for me. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, because uh, a lot of my music is either, you know, it's kind of funny or it's a, it's really love and heartfelt. And um, I modeled a lot of, of my perspective on, on what love was around my parents because I witnessed them throughout the years. And that song, whenever I hear that song, it just, it's like a time machine. I just go back and I remember all these trips and um, even hearing my, or seeing my mom like cleaning up the house. Even my dad, he would clean too, and they would just be blasting music. But anything by the Eagles always brings back a lot of memories for me. Oh, I love that. Um, so you, so what traditional native languages are you fluent in? Or... Are you, or do you just somewhat know of them, or you know, like what kind of languages are you about? Um, I'm actually. Well, my mom is uh, Salish. She's a Stalo and Scotly. I'm from like the the West Coast, like BC part. And my dad, I grew up here in Plains Creek country, where my dad's from, and that's what I chose to study. And uh, I I speak it. I speak it a lot. I understand a lot. I can read and write it. And one thing, though, one thing that, that an elder told me during my studies, like, even them, our elders who are uh, who we see as fluent speakers, they even don't admit that they're fluent because they said language, a language journey is, is lasts a lifetime. So you're always learning. You're always hearing new words. And uh, a lot of, uh, of our indigenous languages, they're very descriptive. So, uh, like, you know, we have words for things that weren't around 100 years ago or, or like, 1,000 years ago. So we we make up new words, you know? So yeah. I think that's really... Well, because you don't got to tell me twice. I'm taking Spanish right now, and oh my God, am I having some troubles? I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, man. I know. It, it, it is. Like, a language journey, is, it takes commitment. Like, you know, it, it could get pretty tough, and I know that. 
for sure. So, Fawn, what are some differences that you see in native language compared to English? Like, because I know with Spanish, let me just let me just tell you what I what I learned. <laughs> just kidding. There's different mm-hmm. verbs like ir, you know, er, ar verbs that you have to change, you know, for certain plural or noun adjectives. You know, does that happen in traditional native language as well, or is it like what are some key differences? I noticed with our Plains Cree language, like, you know, um, Roman orthography, English language, and we have how many, what is it, how many alphabets is there, 26 or something like that? Yeah. Um, with, I don't have that much. Like, Ooh. we have way, we way less uh, vowels and consonants, and uh, not even, like, half of that. But because we're so descriptive, even, uh, we're, we're not quite really a tonal language, but... Like, you could say something, and there's two different ways of saying it for every letter that we have. So it depends on what you have with it. Like I said, we're really descriptive. Our My language, Plains uh, Korea, it's a really descriptive language. We all we always, when, we, when you hear words, it's always about what we see, what we hear, or, you know, anything like that. It's, it, you really, our senses are really brought into it. So I know that that is something. And it's a very... Uh, you connect with it on on, a, on even like on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. You know, we have so many different. Um, there, and there are some words in our languages too, and in different languages. But that that is in English that that that's really hard to, to do a literal translation because they're they're like um, they're words that that are what do you, how do you call it? What do you call them? They're um, they're more of an expression, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But that's the beautiful thing about our languages is, you know, you you literally are, are living that. Like, you you literally connect with it like it is a mentality. And that's why some of our words, they don't have English translations, but they're like a term of endearment almost. Okay. So, Fawn, you ha- so how many children do you have again? I have three. Uh, like, because I'm like one of those uncles that like, I'm, I prioritize my siblings and my, my nieces and nephews. I really do. I take pride in that. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, do you think any of your children will follow in your steps of going into music and maybe making it a career? You know what? Um, I always think, uh, like one thing my parents were, were big on with myself and I think I kind of modeled the way I parent my kids with that is that uh, I, I want them I want my children to to do what they're passionate about and I, I never try to like um, like push them to do something or, or I really want my kids to be singers or, or musicians because I am but you know what they they always say that they find their way um, I my 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 kids um, because they were brought up around this lifestyle and, and uh, even like our drum group that, that we're a part of powwows and they see their mom and their dad singing and recording, they caught on to it. And now I'm starting to see now that my, even my little ones have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, oh now that they're, they're you know, expressing themselves more, they connect with that music and they sing along with certain music. And, and that's such a beautiful sight. And I always say, like, you know, if my kids do choose to do this for a career or, you know, want to create music when they're older, sure, that would make me proud. But I think as long as they're doing something that that they love, that they're passionate about, then I'd be more than happy. But, you know, I I do see that that there's a spark being being lit in them when it comes to uh, when it comes to music, because you see they're connecting with that. And and it's real exciting because, you know, 
of course, you know, us being singers and, and song makers that that we want, it would be a dream to have our kids, you know, um, carry on that legacy, but we want them to find it. We want them to want it too. We don't want to force it on them, but it's real exciting when I do see my kids sing and, you know, want to take part in stuff like that. Right. So Fawn, this is a question I have for all mothers who have both sons and daughters which one so far do you think is better has been more like just better to raise i guess sons or daughters you know what i i i could answer this so so easy it's 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 not a male or female thing like i swear to god my firstborn he was such an easy easy baby easy child you know and i thought oh let's have some more kids <laughs> and my second one was a little wild i was like oh he's you know he's different you know he's <laughs> and uh maybe he'll grow out of it and then we had my daughter because my second i it went boy boy girl so my second was a little wild then we had a daughter and i was like oh she's gonna be you know like this little i thought she was gonna be maybe like her for her older brother but it's just like my kids got wilder and wilder as I went on. Yeah. so i can't even say that it's a male or female thing i don't know but um so far my, my oldest boy he was he, he was the 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 smoothest like you know just real like a real easy going kid and then you know as we went on they got a little more fiery Oh, fun that you and my mom would get along good. Cause that's exactly what she says. And that's exactly what my grandma said too. So, cause I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest of four and they all say that I was the best baby. So <laughs> it must, I, I think it's just, it has to just be the pattern then like the first, like even my mom said that too. I'm the oldest from my mom. And she said that as well. And then just, you know, it's like her, the kids just get wilder and wilder. Alex keeps pointing at herself because she says she was the most well-behaved also. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I'm also the oldest. And I was just the chillest baby ever. Yep. Exactly. And my sister, my younger sister just had her first baby too. And she's just like the calmest, chillest baby. And I was like, wait till you have another one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, fun. Wait till those girls grow up. Holy shit. No, I was like, man, uh, I thought for sure, like, because um, we had boy, boy, and I was like, I bet you will have another boy, and we had a girl, and then I was remembering, I was like, oh, man, I grew up in a house full of girls, I have one brother, I was oh. like, I know how spicy things can get, so I'm just oh waiting for those things, <laughs> but I'm waiting for them. Fawn, my sisters are putting me through the ringer these days. <laughs> I feel like I feel like sometimes I just want to sit there and cry and feel like I was feel like I was like God was punishing me. <laughs> so Fawn, do you well since you said that, are we thinking of any more or are we stopping? <laughs> you know, I always say that I'm done, but then you know I'm like, oh, maybe one more. But I, I know in time we'll, we'll be able to tell. And I was like, I was like. Uh, I always say that, that that I'll leave that I'll leave that door a little bit cracked just in case we do want to have another one. But right now, these three keep my hands full. But I'm sure <laughs> in time I'll do it. <laughs> do you think it's always the husbands that want more, or do you think it's mostly the mothers? I always think it's the fathers that are like, oh, one more, you know. 
you know what? It's, it's kind of funny you say that because when, 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 when it's brought up, like, between me and my partner here, it's always me. It's like, oh, we should have one more. And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know the time we've spent during this pandemic with our kids. But I, I found it. I thought that was the way it was, too, before because when we had our son, he was the one who wanted another one right away. And then, you know, my daughter was a surprise. But I, I think... I think that, I don't know, it's hard to say. Right. So how detrimental is girlfriend or slash friend time to a relationship with a spouse, do you think? Because in in my personal relationships, I've always made it a point to where I'm going to tell him, okay, or her or they, whatever, I'm going to go out. I need it. (laughs) You need it as well. (laughs) And so... Do you think that's detrimental in a relationship? Because some of my friends be really clinging on to their man a little too much. <laughs> I think it is because, you know, um, as personal as a relationship is between partners, um, I, I think it's important. And it's healthy to, you know, it's that little bit of space and that little bit. Sometimes we do need just to have, like, friend time right. to, you know, express ourselves and vent something that's outside of our relationship. And, and you know, good friends are there to listen they'll, they'll give you good advice you know maybe they'll tell you something that you already know and but you need to hear it from them you know because good friends look out for each other so mm-hmm. i think it, i think it's healthy and it's important like just recently since things are kind of lightening up here uh my partner has been out hunting and i knew he needed that because he's he's always we're always around each other <laughs> and it was good for him you know it's, it's good to keep that that balance yeah, babe, go get that elk. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, go get that elk over there. <laughs> you know, maybe take a couple days, you know, make it a retreat. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I kept sending him out. It was nice. Like, and I knew that he his bros but he was gonna bring back something for us too so yeah, like go ice fishing or something whatever you want to do <laughs> just kidding yep. but remember to pay the bills no just kidding <laughs> alex i want your opinion on this do you think friend time is detrimental to a, re- a relationship friend time like girlfriend time like the i feel like you know you don't need to go out too many too much because then it's like okay like, but maybe like one night, like every week or maybe two weeks with your girlfriends yeah. or friends. I mean, because it balances out. Right. Would you allow your man to go out? Of course. Right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not his mom. I wouldn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want it my way. No, I'm just kidding. No, you are not allowed to go out unless it's with me. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be fair, I would not be like that. Oh, okay, okay. I was quoting you. Okay, oh, okay. That's something you would say. Well, God, I don't trust him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, fun. So one of the segments we like to do is an onto the Kahlua, which is an uh, intimate dating slash life tip, basically. And so this is a did you know fact from the Horrible Decisions podcast. It is relationships that involve partners who have different preferences when it comes to giving and receiving non-sexual affection are called inter-intimate relationships. It is rare that two people share the same exact love languages, so there are ways to combat the strain this may come in a relationship. So, Fawn, what do you think are two... What do you think are ways that you and your partner differ when giving intimate, when being intimate with one another? 
You know why it's funny you say that? Because we just started talking about, like, our love languages. Me, I'm, a, I'm really affectionate. Like, I need to be hugged and, you know, just sweet little things like that. And him, his love language is, like, is a... Um, he likes it when when I'm really thoughtful of him, when I do little things, like make coffee or, or things like that. And I think it's uh, we need to remind and be really open about communicating about things like that. I think a, a lot of uh, our... our our relationships and with with a lot of people's relationships they sometimes that's all you need is a better understanding on on how to make your partner feel loved in, in little ways like that and i think that's the important stuff right the little things like being able to to express yourself and, and show a little bit of love like that daily understanding what makes your partner feel loved is so important and uh, it's something you know uh, i don't i don't think I knew the differences of, of both different love languages like that until I got a little bit, a little bit more into my relationship here, and I realized, hey, you know, like um, uh, he really appreciates when I do this for him, and you know, me, I'm like I said, I'm a really, I'm a, I need a, I'm a really affectionate person. I need to be hugged, I need to be cuddled here and there, and just keeping that communication open is is important. I think for anybody. I love that. I think my lang- love language can be bought through gifts. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's another one. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, bringing home an elk would be great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I've been going pretty hard on expressing my own love language to myself with gift buying this past year. Oh, yeah. I'd be hearing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Some retail therapy always sweetens my heart. <laughs> Alex, yeah. what's your love language? mine personally i know like actually i want to say mine's touch like physical touch like Mm -hmm. hugging cuddling holding hands small things like that okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't you think men are so simple with their love language sometimes yeah (laughs) i love that maybe sometimes a little too simple (laughs) (laughs) like as you said with the coffee making and everything like that like personally for me that'd be like oh yes babe (laughs) you you like me that much (laughs) babe you're getting some this morning no i'm just kidding (laughs) right after coffee and if and if you made biscuits oh my god it's on no just kidding (laughs) just call out of work no just kidding (laughs) Yeah. All right, Fawn. I think that's all the questions we have. Thank you for being a sport with these relationship questions because sometimes some of our guests get a little too deep. <laughs> but thank you for being on our show. As you said, you've been honored to be on our show, but I don't think you get the honor that we have just having you contact us because we, we were, we were like in my. I remember we were in my truck, and when you texted back, we we're like, no, she didn't. And then we looked at her like, holy fuck, she did. (laughs) Oh, thank you guys again, though. Like, you know, I'm really glad that we got to connect. And, you know, there's a certain energies and vibes you can get, even like, like, even if, you know, if it's through the phone or anything like that. And you guys give off that good energy. And I appreciate it. And thank you again for this awesome time. Oh, yeah. And the fact that you sang that song oh my god i'm still i'm still i'm still just i'm just like in bliss right now uh i need some wine no i'm just kidding (laughs) before we go do you have any questions for us hmm 
I'm just wondering, are, have you guys, uh, are, are you guys uh, into Christmas mode yet? Because up here, uh, I sure am. Fucking Alex is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> when is too early to put up your tree? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Alex Maiden. Well, I don't know. I was still kind of I was kind of I my Christmas moods come in like you know, they're like hot flashes. They come every now and then. Waves. Yeah. And so the other day we watched the fucking Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I enjoyed every I know, minute yeah, of it. As soon as Halloween's over, I'm like already planning Christmas. I'm huge on Christmas and I know I'm not like um real I'm not I'm not really too in tune with the religious part, but I think I, I just love, you know, the excitement of being able to see my family and you know, just I'm all about Christmas stuff, so So if we did a review on all three of the Grinch movies, <laughs> would you be down to come and share your thoughts? <laughs> you know what? I, I I I really love the one with Jim Carrey. Oh, we're I already doing it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yes, I will. I, I can elaborate. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were, I literally had that idea today. I was like, I want to watch all three of them, and I want to give our thoughts on the podcast. <laughs> and it was because I was singing a Christmas song that he got that idea. She she was singing the old Grinch song where, it's like, Mister Grinch. You only <laughs> one. <laughs> I was like, I've already all three thanks to my kids, but yeah, I'd be down for it. Okay, well, we'll be in contact for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Fawn, thank you so much. We we will have this podcast episode posted in two days because tomorrow we are taking a day off for Veterans Day. No, that's today. Oh, that's today. So huh? her episode is tomorrow. Oh, so we'll be posting it tomorrow, Fawn. Okay, yeah, just send me, send me the link. I'd love to, you know, share it and let people know. Yes. But thank you guys again. When Fawn, before you go, do you want to say your socials where people can find you and where to find your music? Awesome. Uh, my music's actually on all streaming platforms. If you want to go old school and get a seat, you can order it off the Canyon Records website or Buffalo Jump Records. Ooh. And um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You just have to search up Fawn Wood. Except for Facebook, it's Fawn Deep Wood. Um, and yeah, um, I just enjoy connecting with people and hope everyone's still being safe out there. Wait. Okay, Fawn. One quick question before you go. How proud of you okay. are of Tia Wood? Oh, my little sister. You know what? I'm, I'm so proud. She's the youngest out of all of us. And uh, from a young age, we always knew that my sister had a gift. Like, we're, we're all singers, my whole family. But there was something different about my little sister. And uh, I, as well as the rest of my family, always felt that there was going to be something really, really beautiful and, and really big to come out of her gift. And, you know, now that she has that opportunity to represent our Indigenous people on a whole different a whole different platform and a whole different stage, you know, we're really proud of her because uh, we've seen the journey she's come. You know, she, she does everything um, with her whole heart, and she's really genuine about her music. And I, I'm really proud of my little sister. Well, we'd love to hear that. Well, Vaughn, this is not a goodbye. This is a see you later. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>